So we're at the bottom of Daf Samach Dalid, Samach Gimel Amid Beis. That is uh, where it says Tonu Rabbanon. Okay. So the last thing we learned on Friday, the Gemara was discussing a case where you have a very very small piece of material, like even a mashuhu, that could become tame. And the Gemara learned out whether it's a tiny piece of jewelry. We learn from the tzitz that it becomes tame. Whether it's a small piece of material, we learn from the pasuk Oy Beged that it becomes tame. That's what we learned on Friday. So the Gemara continues on this subject, and the next omen of the Gemara will be discussing halachas that are connected to Tum and Tara. As we see in Mesech Shabbos, every so often we veer off into the Tum and Tara subject. If you have a little piece of Orig, there's a little piece of woven cloth, Tome, it's susceptible to Tome. Tachshit Kalshu, if you have a little small piece of jewelry, Tome, it's also susceptible to Tome. Oreg v'tachshit, if you have a little piece of woven cloth, and then part of it is not woven, and it's sort of like a piece of jewelry. So it's both partially woven and partially a piece of jewelry. Kalshuhu, very small piece, Tome, it's also Tome. Then the Braise says, Musaf, sak ala beged, a sack cloth, which the Gemara will soon say that the sack cloth is made of goats here. So that has an additional stringency, more than a garment. Shatame mishum arig, that it becomes tame when it's woven. The Gemara is going to soon question this. This is a statement that really doesn't make any sense on, on face, at face value. Zokta Gemara Omar Rav said, Arig kol a small piece of woven cloth is tame. As we mentioned before already, it's learned from the extra word of oi. Tachshit kolshu tame, a small piece of jewelry is tame mitzitz. That we learn out from the tzitz, that's less than, that was less than three by three finger breadths, which is the minimum size when you have a remainder of a big garment. But over here, the tzitz was less than that, and therefore if you have a small piece of material, we learn from there, or in this case actually a small piece of jewelry, it's going to be tame. Arig v'tachshet kolshul. If you have a combination of an arig and a tachshet together, tamei mikol kli meiser. From the pasuk that it says, by Midian when they brought back different things from the war, so they brought kol kli meiser. This come. What is this referring to? This adds a case where you have a combination of the two. So one of the rabbanon said to Rav, "Hahu b'Midian ksev." But that pasuk is written by Midian. So what's the issue if it's written by Midian? So, the Gemara, so Rashi here says, Midian is speaking about Tumas Meis. Uh, and we don't learn out Tumas Sheretz from Tumas Meis. Tumas Meis is much more stringent than Tumas Sheretz, which is what we're going to, this is going to be relevant for the next Omid of the Gemara over here. The Gemara will be discussing Tumas Sheretz and then Tumas Meis. They don't necessarily have the same halachas. You have to have psukim for each one separately. So if you have a pasuk here by Midian, which is only by regarding Tumas Meis, it doesn't mean the same thing applies to Tumas Sheretz. Omalei, so Rava answered, Gomar Kli Kli Mehasam. We learn out, Shave, it says, Keli, Kol Kli Amaisa, as we just saw by Tumas Meis, by Midian. It says the word Keli, as, as Rashi here brings the pasuk, Kol Kli Asha by Shrotzim. So therefore, we compare the two, and the same halacha applies to Sheretz as well. Now we go back to the Braise. What was the last thing it said in the Braise? Musaf sakala beget, sack cloth, which as I mentioned, it's made from goat's hair, 
has a bigger stringency than in a garment that's made from regular wool, that it, it, it's susceptible to tome when it's woven. What is this supposed to mean? And a garment is not woven, and, if, and it's also susceptible to tome, just as much as this sack cloth. So what exactly is the added stringency here? And for the Gemara, this is what the Braise means to say. Musaf, sakala beged, there's an additional stringency regarding sack cloth more than a garment. Even if it's not woven, it's just a couple of hairs that are spun together from the goat's hair, tome. It's also susceptible to tome, right? So Rashi says the way to read the Braise before is. That Musaf Sakala Beget Shatome Nishum Arig, it's going to be susceptible like the Tuma when it's woven, even if it's not woven, it's just spun together, it's braided together, it's spun and then braided together, that is, it's going to be Tome. So the Gemara explains why would it be Tome? Don't we know that any material is not Tome if it has no use? For a human being, as a keli or as a garment, it's not susceptible to tumas. So, what exactly would it be? Why would this sack cloth or this goat's hair that's braided be tummy? My chazi, what is it used for? A poor person that wants to buy a necklace for his daughter and he can't afford it, so he'll take goat's hair and he'll braid it together and he hangs it as a necklace on his daughter's neck. So therefore, it is something that has some kind of a use for people that can't afford more. Since we brought this up over here, the Gemara now is going to quote a pretty lengthy b'raisa, almost down to the bottom of this Amud, regarding this subject of the susceptibility of Tumah, regarding sack cloth, which again is goats here, and other details that come along with it. Let's see. And one of the main features of this b'raisa is that we need a limo to teach us the halacha of Tumah regarding Tumas Sheretz, and we need another limo to teach it to us regarding Tumas Mace, because as I mentioned, they don't have necessarily the same halachas. One is, each one is different, and we have to have a separate Pasuk, as we'll see. Tana Rabbana, we learned in Abraham, says Sak, it says in the Pasuk by a Sheretz. It says a Sak, only a Sak, so I only know that the Sak cloth that's made into a sack will be Tomek. How do I know to include Kilkli and Chavak, which as Rashi explains is kind of also made from goats here and it's kinds of straps that are used for the harness or for the saddle of the animal. One is used on the Kilkli is on the top, the Chavak is on the bottom, on the belly of the animal. So they're not exactly used in the, as a sack is, but how do we know that this kind of material used in this way is also Tomek? The extra word of oi includes, even when it's made in this way, that it's also going to be susceptible to Tumah. I would think to take it a step further, that I could also include ropes or strings that are made from goats here, that should also be Tumah. So, but the Pasuk says, sak, which tells me that only if it's used as we said before, braided for, for a person to wear, or in this case for the animal to use for the harness or the, or the saddle, but not stam a rope or a string, that's not included in this. Ma sak tovi ve'orig, just like the sack is spun and woven, afkal so too, tovi ve'orig, if it's spun or woven, that's when it's susceptible to tumah. But not in this case, if a person is using it as rope and it's not spun or woven, it's not going to be tummy. 
Now, this is all what it says regarding Thomas Sharetz. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to turn to Thomas Mace. By Mace, it says in the Pasuk, So you have made from the height of an animal. And it's made from goats here. You have to be metayed. So what is this Pasuk coming to teach me? This Pasuk is teaching me regarding Tumas Mace, that Kilkli and Chevek, as I mentioned, this, uh, this straps that are made for the harness or the saddle of the animal is also included in Tumah. Now I would think, over here we ask the same question regarding Tumas Mace. Do we take it a tap, step further and also include ropes or strings? Vidino, and I would say that there's a Kavachayim to be made over here. What's the Kavachayim? Now the Gemara is going to say there's a Kavachayim to learn from Tumas Sheretz, that whatever din applies to Tumas Sheretz, I should apply the same by Tumas Mace. This goat's here is Tomei by Sheretz. And it's Tomei by a Mace as well. We had a Pasuk for each one. Just like one of these, it's Tomei by the Tumah of Sheretz. It's only Tomei if it's woven or it's, uh, and it's, um, it's, it's, it's spun and woven. So too, when it comes to a maze, when we had a pasik to include also the goats here, like has to be spun and woven. So, if we're comparing the two, we're not going to need an extra pasik to exclude ropes and strings by Tumei Mace. Because I, I just compare it to Tumei Sheretz, just like by Tumei Sheretz, we exclude ropes and strings. So to by Tumei Mace, I'm going to exclude it in the same way. So the Gemara, so the Braisa that is actually says, no, Hain? Is this, is this a good comparison? Could we just compare Tumei Mace to Tumei Sheretz? In Heikel B'Tmei Sheretz, if we find that the Tayyid is being lenient regarding Tumas Sheretz, Shihikala, which is a lighter Tumah, person that becomes Tommy with a Sheretz, what, what does he have to do? Goes to the Mikveh, and that night he's tired. He can, he's, he can, he can uh, eat Truma, whatever he wants. So Tumas Sheretz is just a Tumah for one day. Nakul B'Tumas Amei Shihamura. Does that mean that we're going to be just as lenient by Tumas Mace, which is more stringent? The person has to wait seven days to become Toy. So we can't compare them at all. So therefore the Braise says, Talmud Loimar, Beged Ve'oir, Beged Ve'oir, L'gzei Shove. So we have L'gzei Shove now between Tumas Mace and Tumas Sheretz. And the Gemara brings the Psukim, Nema Beged Ve'oir B'Sheretz. There's a Pasuk where it says the words Beged and Oir regarding Sheretz. Nema Beged Ve'oir B'Mace. And it also says Beged Ve'oir by a Mace. Ma Beged Ve'oir Amad B'Sheretz. Just like the Pasuk that it says regarding the Tumah of Sheretz. Loi Timele Tovi Ve'orig. We are only Metame the Tumah. Of a the, the the goats here, if it's spun and and, and woven, af beged ve'oyer amli b'meis. So the Gzereshava teaches us that we apply the same by a meis leitime eletovi ve'adik. We're only metame if it's spun and woven, and therefore that ex- excludes what the ropes or the strings that are not spun or woven. So therefore they're not included. Ma beged ve'oyer amli b'meis. Now the Gemara takes this Gzereshava and says we can learn from the Gzereshava the other way around. Ma beged ve'ramah b'meis tomei komaisi izim. When it says beged and or by meis, so tumas meis includes also goats here, as we brought before the pasuk by by tumas meis v'chol kli or v'chol maisi izim. It says clearly maisi izim. Av beged ve'ramah b'sheretz also by the tumas sheretz tomei komaisi izim. It's also tomei goats here. Ein liela dovar haba mina izim. So now. 
up until this point, the Braise is telling us that only goats here is susceptible to Tumah. How about if you have something that comes from a, a, a horse's tail or a cow's tail, would that also be susceptible to Tumah? So that Gemara brings back not a Pasik that's written by Tommy Sharetz, Oi Sak. We have the word Oi Sak. So the Gemara asks the obvious question here. This is the Gemara interrupts the middle of this Braise. But before we said the extra word of Oi is teaching me that not only when the goats here is made into sack into a sackcloth, but it's also used for the straps for the animal, which is what the Kilkli and Chavak is. That's what it comes to include. Now we're saying it's coming to include that even a horse's tail or a cow's tail is susceptible to Tumah. So the Gemara explains, no, at this point, it, with the, the Braise is changing this. Why is that? Before the Gemara brought the Gzedah to compare Tumas Meis to Tumas Sheretz. So then we needed the Pasuk of Oisak to be Marbe, Kilkli, and Chavek. Now that we have this Gzedeshava comparing Tumas Meis and Tumas Sheretz, right? The Gemara just brought the Gzedeshava of Beged Va'oir. So so that Gzedeshava already teaches me that all goats here is going to become Tommy, right? Because by Tumas Meis it clearly says, Maiseizim, which already includes the Kilkali and the Chavek. So we don't need the Oisak to teach me that. So at this point, the Braisa comes back to say that the Oisak is coming to be Marbe. Uh, a, a horse's tail or a cow's tail. Now the Braise goes further. I only have this Pasuk of Oisak to tell me that a cow's tail or a horse's tail is Tomei. That's a Pasuk that's written only by Sheretz. Right? Then we're, we, we're going to need a special limit by Tumas Meis who says we can compare them regarding this. The Tumas Meis Minayin. How would I know that the same applies to Tumas Meis? So the Braise now says, but Vidinu, it see you would be able to make a kavachayma. We find that we extend this tuma to include goats here, both by a maize and by a sheretz. Ma just like in the case of a sheretz. Also, we extend it even further, not only for goats here, but we include also a horse's tail or a cow's tail to be included as well. Isn't it logical to say that the same should apply by a mace as well? That also that what comes that, that a, a horse tail or a cow's tail is similar to my season. Compare the two, shouldn't we compare the two? So again, the Braise over here says, no, we could never come and just simply say we compare Tumas Meis to Tumas Sheretz. Hey, would this be true? If we find that the Torah is adding more scenarios that are susceptible to Tumas in the case of Tumas Sheretz, which is Merube, Merube meaning it's more common, it's a kind of Tumas that's more common, Narbe betumas shiva muetes. Should we also increase the cases and the scenarios of tumah regarding tumas mace, which is for seven days and it's not as common as this? Shehimuetes, which is much less common. So again, the Gemara now brings up a new svara. We can't compare the two tumas mace to tumas sheretz. Tamud loima. Therefore, the Braisa again brings the gzeder shave. Beged ve'oyer, beged ve'oyer l'gzeder shavah. The gzeder shavah we mentioned before. Nemar beged ve'oyer b'sheretz. The nemar beged ve'oyer b'mace. It says the words beged ve'oyer by mace and by sheretz. Ma beged ve'oyer amu b'sheretz. Also dovra bom is nava susim is nava parik amaisi izim. We include not only goats here, but we also include 
a tail of a cow or a tail of a horse. A beggar of oil, I'm a bemaze. The same also applies to Thomas Mace. Also, Dover Abom is Nava Susim is Nava Parikamaisi Izim, that we compare them. And so the conclusion over here is after this entire lengthy Braise, the bottom line is that the Tumah that there is by a mace and the Tumah that there is by a Sheretz do have the same Alocha. It includes even goat's hair, it includes uh, a cow's tail, horse's tail, but it's just a long complexity a little bit over here to get to that conclusion, but that's the bottom line. Now, the Gemara explains the following point, and just give a short introduction over here. There has to be, here at this whole Braise is based on Exeter Shava, right? We have Exeter Shava between Tumas Mace and Tumas Sheretz. The rule regarding Exeter Shava is when you have Exeter Shava, when you have Exeter Shava, you cannot ever ask any Svaris against Exeter Shava. Exeter Shava is a Kabbalah Halacha Sinai. So there are no Svaris to ask on Exeter Shava. But here's the thing only if the Exeter Shava is between two words that are open, they're not being used for anything else, they're extra words. If they're extra words in the Exeter Shava, so then, we can't ask any questions on this Gzayda Shava. If they're not extra words, so then, the Gzayda Shava is, is, is susceptible to svaris for a person asking, could we in fact make this Gzayda Shava? Could we not make this Gzayda Shava? Because this, this, then you could use svaris. You can only not use svaris if there's no, if, if it's um, extra words. So let's take a look inside the Lashon of the Gemara. What are we holding over here? Umufna. Uh, so as Dr. Gemara, the, the, the words that were used here for the Gzayda Shava are in fact extra words. The Lav Mufna, because if they would not be extra words, then there's a question to be asked. You can't compare Tumas Meis to Tumas Sheretz. Ma'al Sheretz, there's a stringency you find by Tumas Sheretz. She came with We had this already before in the Gemara. A Tumas Sheretz is susceptible to Tum, even if it's as small as a lentil. Okay, which is when Tumas Meis has to be as large as a Kezayis. Okay, so the Gemara here brings up yet another Chumra that we find by Tumas Sheretz that was not mentioned before. Before the Gemara mentioned that Tumas Sheretz is more common. Now the Gemara brings up an actual Chumra. The fact that it's more common is not an actual Chumra. But here the Gemara says there's an actual Chumra we find by Tumas Sheretz that's not by Tumas Meis, and therefore this would refute even Exeter Shava if the words used in Exeter Shava are not open, are not extra words. So therefore, we must say that they're extra. Lai, yes, afnuye, mufni. They are extra words, and the Gemara now will explain why these words, oir and beged, are extra. Mechti, sheretz, iskish, shechvazera. The tumah of sheretz is compared to the tumah of shechvazera. Bechsiv, isha, shetetzi, mimena, shechvazera. Then the Samach lay right near it, it says, isha, shiyiga, b'chol, sheretz. Bechsiv, baby, shechvazera. Now we compare the two. And what does it say by shechvazera? B'chol beged, b'chol oir, ashiyiya, olav, shechvazera. So it says over there, by Sheikh Vazera, it says Beged and Oyer. And Sheretz is compared to Sheikh Vazera. So Beged and Oyer, the Kosov Rahmana, by Sheretz Lomali. Why does the Torah have to spell out Beged and Oyer by Sheretz separately if it says it by Sheikh Vazera and Sheretz is compared to that? The only reason those words are there are they're open, they're extra words to be used for the Gzayr Shava that the Braise brought that we make the Thomas Mace. So here the Gemara presses on a step further. So we know that the words Oyer and Beged that are written by Tumas Sheretz are open. Who says the other words of the other part of the Gzayr Shava written by Tumas Meis are open? If, and if not, 
So then we can still refute the Gzayda Shava, possibly. And the Gemara brings an argument about this. So, this is all good and well according to the opinion that says that if it's Mufna, Mitzad Echad, if there's an open word just on one part of the Gzayda Shava, Lemaidin, you learn out, Ve'ein Meshivin, and there's no Svaras that you can say to refute the Gzayda Shava. But there's another opinion that says that if there's only one word that's open on one side of the Gzayda Shava, but on the other side of the Gzayda Shava, the word is not open, you can learn the Gzayda Shava, but you can also refute it with a Svara. Michael Amema, what are we going to say over here since we mentioned that there is a refutation to this Zedeshava? And for the Gemara, the Meis Nami Mufne. The words Ayr Begah that are written by Meis are also extra. For the same reason that we said that it's extra by Tumas Sheretz. Mechti Latsi, Meis is also Iskush Shechvazera. The Tum of Meis is also compared to the Tum of Shechvazera. The Chsiv and Egeb Chol Tmei Nefesh. And then it right away says, Oish Hashetetzim Imenu Shechvazera. And by Sheikh Vazara it says, as we quoted before, Why does the Torah write the words Beged and Ur by Tumas Meis? It's only there, it's open, it's extra to make the Gzayda Shavit to compare Tumas Meis to Tumas Sheretz. And like I said, that's the bottom line of this whole discussion here that we compare Tumas Meis and Tumas Sheretz, that the stringencies by both are the same, that we include in the Tumah also goats here. Horse's tail, cow's tail, that's the final conclusion over here. Okay, that concludes this b'raisa and this discussion regarding Tumas Mace. A little bit more in, in connection to this. The Gemara now brings the Pasuk that it says, V'nikrav eskarben Hashem, Hashem Motzah, Klizov, Etzada, Tzomid, Tabas, Ogil, V'chumaz. This is V'nakriv, that is. Okay, V'nakriv eskarben Hashem. So these, this is the Pasuk which describes various different types of jewelries that the Yidin... Uh, brought in the war from Midian. So Rabbi Lazar describes, what is an ogil? Ogil is a tfus shel daden. Ogil is a kind of piece of jewelry that a woman wears on her breast. Chumaz is a tfus shel besarechem. Chumaz is a piece of jewelry that a woman wears on her womb. Amar Av Yosef, and Av Yosef says, Ihachi, if so, if that's what it is, We can understand why the Targum uses the term machoich. What does the word machoich mean in Aramaic? Something that brings to laughter, or actually brings to letzonis, Rashi says, in the, in the negative sense. This is something that, is, that the women are, that they use in a Nazi-Nizdika fashion. I can see this from the word that's used in the Pasuk itself. Chumas, what does the word Chumas stand for? Kan Mokim Zima. This is the place of Znos, that's the, the word itself shows it. Baiter over there regarding Mechemes Midyon, what does it say? And Moshe Rabbeinu was upset at the Kudya Choyel. Why did he get upset at them? Omar Rabbeinu said to the Yidin, the Yidin there said, we're going to bring Karbonis. We're going to bring Karbonis from the things that we brought over here, the boot that we, that we brought, we're going to bring Karbonis. So, Moshe Rabbeinu wants to know, why do you have to bring a carbon? What happened? Is it possible that you've returned to what happened before. What happened before? This all came after the story of Baal Pa'er with the daughters of, of Midian seduced the Eden into an Avedis. So Moshe Rabbeinu was questioning them. When you went out into war, did you go back into the same problem and therefore you have to bring Karbanis? Amrulai, they responded to Moshe Rabbeinu, no, that's not the case. Not one person died in war. So why do you have to bring a carbon to a tongue? A tongue for what? So they said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Even if we were saved, that nobody amongst us sinned, and therefore nobody died, but thoughts of Aveda is not necessarily the case. 
They brought the carbon of the Hebishter. Why did the Eden in that generation need a kaparem? So the Gemara explains the answer is Shazanu mina erva because they weren't mezana. There was no actual znos, but with their eyes, they were looking at the women in places that they're not supposed to, and that's what they were bringing the carbon to atone for. Um, Rav Sheishis, Rav Sheishis said, and in this same concept, and this is a Gemara that we learned in Brachis, Why does the Pasuk here mention the jewelry that are worn on the outside together with the jewelry that a woman wears in private places? To say, to teach you, a person that even gazes at a finger of a woman, for the sake of pleasure, as if he's looking in an area which is which is private and he's not allowed to look there. So you have to be very careful. The Salach actually brought in Shulchan Aruch, when get to erva, that if a person is looking for Hanah, it doesn't make a difference if it's a finger or a private place. That's what you learn from this Pasuk, that the jewelry of the inside and outside are brought and mentioned in the Pasuk together. Zalak to Mishnah. Going back to the Halachis of carrying on Shabbos and Shusarabim and the Gzeris that Chazal made, about not carrying jewelry in the Rishusarab. Yaitse Isha, this was quoted in the beginning of the Perik actually. Yaitse Isha Bukhutte Seyar. A woman is allowed to go out with hairs that she ties her her own hairs, she ties with other hairs. Bemishallah, whether it's her own hair that is now cut and she now uses it to tie up her hairs. Whether it's her friend's hairs that she uses for this purpose, whether the hairs of an animal that she uses for this. In this case, we're not afraid that she's going to take it off on Shabbos and come to carry it. Right? As we learned before in the Gemara that in the case of when a person goes to the mikveh, so we're afraid that uh, different things that are braided into the hair, you might take it off. But not these hairs because the water gets absorbed and it's not a chatzitza, so we're not afraid that she's going to take it off. And she can go out with a teitofas, which is a kind of ornament worn on the forehead, and sarvitin is also worn on the forehead, but it has bangles. This man shein if it's tied to her head, to her hat, that is. Okay. The kovel, she can go out with a kovel, which means also a kind of head covering. And with a shaitel. into the courtyard. Okay. With these two, she, the kovel and the peya, nachris, She's allowed to go only in the courtyard, not into the Rishusarabim. With a wad in her ears of a meich sandla or in her shoes of a meich sheh or that she uses to absorb blood when she's a nida. The pilpul with corn pepper in her mouth to get rid of bad smell. The galgal melach with a piece of salt in her mouth. It, 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 it helps a person when he has issues with the pain of his teeth. Or anything that she keeps in her mouth, but she shouldn't place it there on Shabbos. In other words, if it's in her mouth from before Shabbos, she can leave it there and walk out with it. But she shouldn't go on Shabbos and place it there. And there's various opinions why this is. Taisus over here in one of, in one shot says the reason is because this is for some kind of a refuah. So if you place it there before Shabbos, it's fine. But if you on Shabbos itself, things that are done for the purpose of refuah is not allowed. That's one pshat and taisus. Another pshat and taisus is because if you're placing it in your mouth on Shabbos, so it looks like that you're doing it for the purpose just to be able to carry it, not for any other purpose that you need it in your mouth. If it fell out of your mouth, so you're not allowed to return it to your mouth on Shabbos. Shame, if you have a tooth, 
that it's, it's not your tooth, but it's a, it's a tooth that uh, that uh, someone else. The, is different shot is it's a false tooth either it's a false tooth those the times they used other people's teeth that it, as a false tooth that and or shenshel zahov or a gold tooth rabbi matter that is rabbi says it's allowed the chachamim oysrim and the chachamim say it's not allowed so the gemara starts with the first thing that we learned in the mishnah about a woman going out with other hairs he- tied into her hair and we had three scenarios her own hairs that is cut that tied into her hair a friend's hair or an animal's hair. The Mishnah has to teach us all three cases. If the Mishnah would only talk about her hairs, it's not something which has any reason, she's not repulsed by it, and she's definitely going to leave it inside. There's no chashash, and she'll take it out into the Shasarabim. If she has her, other, her friend's hair tied into her hair, the is possibly it's going to be something that will be repugnant to her. We should say maybe that's not allowed, she might come to take it off into the Shasarabim. And if it would only say the friends here, the basminohu, because it's human here. I will the But maybe if there's animals here in here, so it's not even human here, we should be afraid that she might remove that here even in the Rishusarabim. Sricha, therefore the Mishnah teaches us we're not concerned, and in all three cases she's allowed to walk out with it on Shabbos. Tana we learned in the Braisa. A young woman shall not go out with hairs tied into her hair from an older woman. So a young woman has, has, has her, her hair, youth, youthful hair, and she's using white hair from an older woman to tie up her hair. So she shouldn't do that. This Yalda, an older woman, should not go out with hairs of a younger woman tied into her hair. So the Gemara questions this. We could understand an older woman that ties hairs from a younger woman into her hair. That's This is something that's praiseworthy for her. In other words, she's doing this to, to show herself as being youthful. Right? So therefore, the Braith has to teach me a Chiddush. We understand why in this case I would think that she wouldn't necessarily come to take it out. She likes it. It it's, makes her look youthful. So the Braith has to teach me that she's not allowed to do this. Why would I think that a youthful woman, a young woman that is, could have white hairs tied into her hair and she should allow to be go out with that and just said, my Shabbos, of course she's going to want to take it out. Why should she want to look old? Amai, Gnaiulah, this is a Gnai for her, this is an embarrassment for her. So why does the Brais even have to say this? So the Gemara answers, you're right, Ivy the Tani is a Kena Bishal Yalda, Tani Nami Yalda Bishal Kena. Only because it mentioned an older woman that has youthful hair to look youthful and that's a Chiddush, that she's not allowed to go out with that. So it also mentioned that a young woman is not allowed to go out with white hairs in her hair. But really, it's obvious. Whatever Chachamim said, you're not allowed to go out into the Shusarabim. You're also not allowed to go out into Chatzar as well. Besides the Kavol, which is a head covering, and a Peyanachris, which is a Shetel. That's Rav's opinion. Everything else has the same halacha of a, like a kovel, which means the gzeir of the chachamim was only in a shusarabim, but not in a chotzer. So the Gemara asks from our Mishnah, we learned in our Mishnah, with a kovel and a peyenachris, you can go out into the chotzer. 
So it only mentions these two that you can go out into the Chatzar. According to Rav, it's understood. It's only these two. Everything else, when Chacham made the Gzeda of jewelry, it includes the Rishos HaRabim and a Chatzar. Why did the Mishnah only mention these two? In whose name did he say what he said? And he argues with what it says in our Mishnah. Now, the Gemara questions Rav's opinion. What's unique about the Kvul, the Kvul, or the, or the Shetel, the Peyanachris, that Chazal limited their Gzeda only to the Shusarav and allowed a woman to go out with them in the courtyard? In order that a woman should not become disgraceful in the eyes of her husband. And even though Chachamim asked jewelry, and that included even in a courtyard, but they didn't ask everything. If they're going to say she can't even go out with a shaitl, she can't go out with a head covering, so then she's going to become Ganayim, she's disgraceful in the eyes of her husband. The Tanya, as we learned, the similar thing we learned in Abraisa. Woman, when she's a Nida, because of this passage, she shouldn't put on any kinds of makeup, this color, another color, and she shouldn't beautify herself with big dates with colorful garments. While she's a Nida, she has to spend that time not to attract extra attention to herself from her husband. Until Abakiva came and taught and said, "Okay, if this is what you're going to say, you're going to make a woman disgraceful in her, her husband's eyes. So her husband's going to come to divorce her." What does this mean? She remains in her status as a until she tables in a mikveh. But not that she has to take upon herself these things, not to adorn herself at all, not to be disgraceful in her husband's eyes. So we apply the same thing over here regarding Shabbos, that even if Chachamim did not allow the jewelry in a chatzer, but they did allow her to wear, whether a head covering or a shaitl, so she shouldn't be disgraceful in her husband's eyes. Here on this Amud, the last thesis on this Amud, is the thesis that discusses what I mentioned already in the beginning of the Patek, the big question that all the Rishonim discuss, and here thesis, why is it that we see today all women walk with jewelry in the Rosh Hashanah? What happened to the Gzair of Chazal? So at first, Hesu says, we're passing like a Rabbanoni Sassen. And he says that the Gzair only applies to a Rosh Hashanah and not to a Chatzar. So a Chatzar is a Carmelist. And he says that today most Rosh Hashanahs are a Carmelist. So therefore, it's not an issue. Then he mentions, besides that, that today it's not the derech for the women to take off the jewelry and show it to anybody, so we're not chayshish that that's going to happen. I think I mentioned this already in the beginning, that the Rebbe Shulchanadach brings both of these reasons and says that today it's okay. But it's interesting to point out that after Taisus brings both of these reasons, if you can look at the bottom of the page, Taisus says, the soif davar, the end of the day, and bottom line is, the kadmainim said it's allowed, the mutav yushayigais va'al yimizidais. Let them be doing it b'shaygig and not b'mezid. So if you're going to come and protest and tell women about the gzeir of Chazal, they're going to be amazed. So allow them to do it b'shaygig and don't say anything. That's the bottom line. In other words, it seems like that the way this began was this gzeir of Chazal not allowed women to wear their jewelry was something that was difficult for them to keep and the women still were wearing the jewelry. And therefore the Kadmainim said, which is an important message sometimes, we apply this concept of